Back to the beat. Bulls beat continues with Derek Sharp. We know you know how to find USF Bulls Unlimited. Hopefully you know now how to find the Strike 1025 HD2 because we put that to use a lot this weekend, namely with baseball on Saturday and with softball on Sunday. Friday, we had softball on Unlimited in the afternoon as the squad went up against the first of four tough opponents. Unfortunately, the issue for the Bulls heading to Clearwater did not get solved, and that is the offense, which entered with a 184 batting average and only lifted that by a few points and only scored four runs. We'll give you the recaps in just a little bit. Baseball started off with a thrilling win on Friday night before dropping two to Maryland. Before we get to the bat and ball sports, though, here's a few highlights from men's basketball, and it was Charlie Bradley night. There were definitely some moments with the current bull. You'll hear Joey Johnston drop in a mention of how a certain current bull Charlie Bradley's actually a fan of, and we were a fan of Ryan Conwell, the guard for the Bulls, on a night where the shooting in the first half left a lot to be desired. Tulane, great three-point shooting team, some dynamic scores, couldn't hit one. So while that was happening, the Bulls were taking advantage. Again, this is sort of skipping past a slow start and getting to the good stuff from the first half on Saturday night. Tap in the corner, three ball, corner pocket, didn't fall, and Russell Chiwa ends up with a rebound. Biggest guy on the floor, kicks it on the perimeter. Here's Conwell, right side three, yes! Ryan Conwell! Made two threes at Tulsa and gets his first one here tonight. Cook in the corner. He's wide open for three. Missed it short. Mm. And a rebound by Chiwa. Well, the Bulls are fortunate that Tulane can't hit anything right now. Yeah, this is not an offensive showcase so far, and everybody's sitting on their hands. Conwell for three. Another one on the left wing. Give the ball to Agent Zero. He'll take care of business. Ryan Conwell, the freshman with two three-pointers, gives the Bulls a 6-4 lead. And Conwell, who has slumped through most of the midseason really is hot so far tonight cook took it away he's gonna give it off to forbes to the basket blocked from behind by Keyshawn bryant he ran him down here come the bulls the other way conwell into the paint shuttles it over to hines one-handed dunk and the bulls get the block at one end and points at the other fantastic sequence bulls have nine turnovers tulane has none tyler harris three ball good just what the doctor ordered number two with a triple when tyler harris makes threes the game Tends to turn around. The score is cut 22 to 17, the Bulls trail. Keyshawn crosses over, stops and pops from 15. Good. Keyshawn Bryant, he looks so smooth with that jumper. Maybe it's a lefty thing. I don't know. Maybe yeah, it's a Charlie yeah, Bradley night it, thing. It is. It's a very similar to Charlie Bradley's left handed uh, jump shot. Tyler splits two guards, hesitation, pulls up from 15. Got it. Tyler Harris with a really tough shot, but that's what scores do. Little guy with big hang time. In his own by the green wave. Jameer Chaplin, right side pass it goes. Bryant's going to load up a three, and he got a three. Keyshawn Bryant, and Brian Gregory likes the ball movement there. It results in points, and it's a one-point game. In the corner goes Forbes, tries to answer. He misses, and Tyler Harris gets the rebound. Keyshawn Bryant's making a big impact on the game. He's 3 of 4 with 7 points. There's a lob and almost caught by Bryant. Missed it and a putback by Tyler Harris that missed. And it's going to be fouls on Tulane. It's going to come on Holloway. Wow, Tyler Harris threw that to the stratosphere. And Keyshawn Bryant had it with one hand, but... He got hit in midair and lost it. You want to talk about Charlie Bradley night, that would have been a Charlie Bradley that type highlight. That would have been a Charlie Bradley play. And, and, <laughs> and, and Charlie Bradley is an admirer of Keyshawn Bryant. He has, I've spoken with him about it. He, he really loves the kid, his leaping ability and his creativity running to the basket. Conwell loads up a three. Splash down for Ryan Conwell. And for the first time in his USF career, he's made three threes in a game. It's 29-28 USF. And we'll stop it there because that's pretty much when Tulane got started, specifically 
Jalen Cook, who would score 17 points in the first half, is their leading scorer, by the way, averaging 20 points a game. He ran off the next seven, and the Bulls would trail at halftime 35-31, obviously. Still very much a ball game at that point. And when Tyler Harris made a three, it was just a four-point game with plenty of time to go. As a matter of fact, with 8.28 to go, the Bulls capped a 6-0 run to close to 58-52. So it was a six-point game with about eight minutes left. But the green wave kind of got hot. They would start to make their threes, four of them in a lightning-fast 22-4 run that took barely five and a half minutes. That's what they can do. And that's what they did to the Bulls, who lose it 84-66. to Got to give Ryan Conwell some love. A career game with 20 points. Tyler Harris ended up with 19. But Russell Chiwa, as Tulane wanted to do, was kept away from scoring. I mean, he got 15 rebounds, but he only attempted three shots. He was two for three from the floor. That was the big difference between the Bulls' last game against Tulsa and this one. Oh, by the way, Jalen Cook would end up with a career-high 30 points. For somebody that averages 20, you'd think he would have hit 30 at some point. So he's pretty darn good. He'd gone for 27 in the previous game against Cincinnati. Speaking of Cincinnati, again, we're not doing a full conference show. We're just going around the American quickly here and where the Bulls stand. The Cincinnati Bearcats win at UCF, so the Knights officially are out of contention for an at-large spot. Memphis gave Houston a battle on Sunday, but lost 72-64. to So the Cougars are basically wrapped up the top of the league, but Tulane is technically two and a half games behind. And the Green Wave, I'm telling you, it's not going to be easy, but they have a game against Houston upcoming. If they can win that, yeah, you have got to look at them as the second-place team in the conference. And again, their computer numbers aren't great, but they already have two wins against Memphis. If they beat Houston, and then they beat Memphis again in the conference tournament to go 3-0, and guess what? Tulane should be getting an at-large. That's the type of team, in my opinion anyway, that the Bulls just lost to. Next up for Brian Gregory and crew is a war on I-4 on Wednesday night. So you're going to want to win that game, obviously, but the Knights will be, well, licking their wounds a little bit after they lost to Cincinnati at home. They are 6-8 and eight in the conference. Bulls are 4-10, and 10, which puts them a half game behind both SMU and East Carolina. The Mustangs actually rolled the Pirates on Sunday. So I'll leave it for you guys to interpret whether you want the Bulls to jump into that 8-9 spot or stay in the 10th spot. I vote for the latter. Of course, you're not aiming for 10th place, but here's the difference. If you really think 9th place is more important than finishing 10th, if you finish in 9th place, you're in the 8-9 game, and if you win your conference tourney opener, guess what? You're playing Houston in the next game. If you finish in 10th, first of all, there's a good chance you're playing UCF for a Warren I-4 to start the conference tournament. And yeah, you got to handle either Tulane or Memphis in the quarterfinals, but don't have to worry about Houston until the last game. So... Yeah, again, you guys can decide that, but I'm voting for 10th place. Didn't enter the season pulling for 10th place, but now it's kind of the reality. Hey, what a weekend at USF as far as baseball went. Yes, Maryland wins two out of three, but the crowds were awesome. And the game Friday night could not have gotten off to a better start. In the top of the first, we almost had an immaculate inning. And then against the Maryland ace from nobody on, two outs, two strikes, four pitches, four hits. It was wild. I'm going to predict anyway that Hunter Mink throws a ball, but so far, five pitches, five strikes. And the crowd, it means a great crowd, is cheering for another one. And he get it. A curveball and a butte. Boy, Hunter Mink is bringing the goods right now. And <laughs> make it eight for eight. Took a little off on that one. And 
You always hope for a good beginning. But I'm guessing a strike's coming from Hunter Mink. And Nick LaRusso better be ready to swing at it. They set up outside. And it is going to be a nine-pitch inning. That's a ground ball out. It wasn't quite the immaculate three strikeouts, but it was as clean as you can get. They have shifted him over to the right. Drew Butcher's going to hit it that way, and it's going to get down for the first hit of the season. Looked like maybe it was headed to the corner, but Drew will cruise in and stay at first base with the single. Daniel Cantu lines that one the same way, just a little bit more on the ground, and it was no way that was going to get caught. Now Bobby Bozer, we know he's got the pop and the power, didn't it, for average in his first season. Oh, that one is drilled deep to left field, going back into Smarslack, and it's out of here! What an inning for the Bulls! First pitch he sees, Bobby Bozer destroys, and it's three to nothing. Bulls were going to have to keep scoring against a Maryland team that was second in the country in home runs. In fact, tied it up in the very next half inning, a homer on the first pitch. But Bobby Bozer and Travis Sankovich were the keys to victory. Bozer drills that one, though, deep the other way. Could that be another home run? It is. Oppo power. The wind is blowing out. And Bobby Bozer is having a night. It is five to three. You know it's going to be across the plate here. A man who has already walked more than he's ever had in an entire outing. And it's a full count and the bases are loaded. So here's the pitch. Runners off and it's drilled the other way. Left fielder has a good run on it. No, he's not going to catch that. Two runs will score. What a night for Sankovich. And the Bulls are up 8-3. to three. Travis Sankovich, welcome to Tampa. I like you. Well, they needed all of those runs because Maryland would get a grand slam from Jacob Orr, his first career homer. Too interesting in the final inning, there was a what looked like a punch out with one on instead two on before the Bulls got the win. There were some dramatic defensive plays to end innings. That game will replay at 3 o'clock. Make sure you check it out and then follow that up with Ryan Urquhart's call of Sunday's game. No replay of Saturday. The Bulls lost 8-1. to one. They could not solve the changeup of the righty, Nick Dean, who only gave up one hit and struck out eight. Bulls got a pretty good start from Nolan Hootie. Almost finished five innings, and only one of the three runs he allowed was earned. But then several relievers coughed up a pair. Maryland only got one homer, but it was a grand slam that basically put it away in the seventh inning. It was only 3 nothing going to the seventh before the slam. Then another slam. That's right, Maryland can hit some home runs. Newsflash, they were second in the country in that category last year. Ian Patrutz jacked one out. The Bulls did get a couple themselves on this Sunday. Here's how those sounded. Infield is back on Cantu. Well, one. Swing at a high fly ball. Hit well to right field. Or going back to the wall, and it's gone. An equalizing solo shot by Daniel Cantu. The second pitch of the game evens it up at one. First Daniel Dinger of 2023. Cantu rounds the bases. Brutcher swings, sends it in the air, deep to right field. There is no doubt about it. Bounces off the roof of the batting facility. Three-run home run for Drew Brutcher, his first of 2023. And in a flash, USF cuts into the lead. Excellent calls, but as you heard that Daniel Cantu homer, the Bulls actually got a couple on, but they had to settle for taking the lead on a double play ball. 
So even falling behind, Maryland had some momentum. They took the lead in the third with a home run by their outstanding shortstop, Matt Shaw. Another homer in the fourth inning. Another grand slam, as we mentioned. And the Bulls would fall behind and lose that one 9-5. to five. Three more hits for Sankovic. He went 583 this weekend. Bobby Bozer with the two homers on Friday, 444. Daniel Cantu was 3-5 for five Sunday. He's hitting 364. Their offense is going to be good. We'll see about the pitching. Austin Grouse got the start, couldn't get out of the fourth, gave up four runs. But that's a dynamite offensive team. But so is the one the Bulls are playing. Host two on Tuesday night. The Gators swept Charleston Southern. Two run rule victories. That's right. Seven inning affairs. They outscored Charleston Southern 37-5. to More on that on tomorrow's show. And we'll talk more about softball on Wednesday's show, previewing their doubleheader against FGCU. The issue is, and I know what people are going to think, they went winless this weekend. It's because they don't have Georgina Cork anymore. Well, it certainly doesn't help that they don't have their all-time ace pitcher, but the offense is just not producing right now, hitting 187 as a team. They had some chances in the first game against Duke, which, by the way, only lost one of its five games in Clearwater and lost that one 5-2. to two. Well, two was the most runs they scored, falling to Texas A&M 5-1 then Sunday against Virginia Tech's ace, Emma Emily. She had struck out 17 the day before. They actually got seven hits. Megan Sheehan went 3-3, three for three, but she caved 15, and they lose 4-1, to one, and then run-ruled by Mississippi State. So the Bulls go 0-4, they're 2-7. There were only a couple undefeated teams at that event. One was UCLA, and the other was... Oh, Oklahoma State, I'm going to guess, is near the top of the rankings. They blew out four teams along with one 10-9 win. But the Bulls, I think, are going to be fine against a lot of the teams on their schedule, but against the better hitting teams. And a lot of those top squads have tougher pitchers to solve as well. You have to take advantage of the scoring opportunities when they are there, and the Bulls just left too many on base. Good example was Friday. Game was still scoreless against Duke. Could have taken the lead, runner at third, and a ground ball to second. Second baseman actually bobbled the ball, but the runner stayed put, and those situations have to be inverted on. And hopefully they can start to do it Wednesday night against FGCU, again, a doubleheader. The women's tennis team got rolled by SMU on Friday, but guess what? Mustangs have a pretty good women's tennis team. They took down previously 5-1 and one Arkansas on Sunday. The better chance for a win came on Sunday at North Texas, but the Bulls lose a very competitive match to the now 7-3 and three North Texas team, 4-2. to two. That'll wrap up the Monday version of Bulls Beat. We may or may not do a show tomorrow as it's been kind of a busy time. And again, no around the American for you later on today. But we'll definitely be on the air tomorrow night for baseball against the Florida Gators. Either way, thanks for listening. I'm Derek Sharp.